0: The following speaker share from LEW was recorded on June 22nd, 2023. Well, um, I, you know, you may chuckle when you hear 45 minutes, 45 minutes, how can your person talk for 45 minutes? You know, personally, I am so full of joy and gratitude and love for this program and my recovery that I think I could talk all day. Um, So it's just a blessing, and I thank you so much for for allowing me to share this space and this precious time with all of you. So my name is Ellie, and I have um, been a grateful member of ACA for um, just over 40, uh, just coming up to 40 years, um, pretty soon. It's kind of crazy. I'm 65 years old. I am a young 65. I can do a lot of things, thank you God, that uh, that move me in so many different ways, physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, all these wonderful ways that I hold very dear that I'm able to do. Um, a little bit about me, my uh, family of origin. I have uh Two older brothers, a younger sister, a dad that was alcoholic, um, a mom that was very codependent um, and a lot of suffering in our home because of my dad's drinking. My mother said he was worse when I was born and uh, the worst. She had a two-year-old, a one-year-old and then Ellie was born and um, she had shared with me that his drinking was the worst when I was born. Well, he did not get sober until I was 12, and so uh, we know that alcoholism is a progressive disease. And so his drinking was just off the charts after I was born. I don't remember a lot. Uh, you know, it's interesting, in and in trauma, I have learned for the years that um, uh, we, we don't, a person does not remember uh, in trauma oftentimes because it's just too much and as recovery starts to to move in and through our being um that memories come to the surface and i have found that to be very very true what i have learned to do just a little aside is as i started to have memories come i started to keep a journal a little just a little notebook you know in my car and i kept one in my in my home. And then as um, I would have a memory, I might be driving the car and all of a sudden have a memory of something. I would write it down, just a bullet note, bullet point about it, because I would often think, oh my goodness, I'm going to remember that. And then I wouldn't remember. And then it seemed like it didn't surface again at all, perhaps, or much later. And I really felt strongly that uh, as memory started to come, feelings started to be exposed that that was God's way of saying, Ellie, it is it is good to remember. It is time to remember about this. and I'm going to help you through it with it, with support from others, with with uh, my own presence in your life in different ways. And um, so I learned um, I learned to do that early in my program. Um, My uh, dad, I'm one of the fortunate ones. My father did have 13 years of AA before he died, unfortunately, at the young age of 50 of cancer. Uh, But my dad had a really tremendous program and my mom had joined Al-Anon before my father joined AA. She is 88 and she is in her 51st year of Al-Anon today, right now, pretty incredible. But, you know, it's interesting to me because even though we have, you know, that's why I know we say in program, it's it's quality, it's not quantity of program. And I do know that is so very true. You know, I did have to come to the point in my life where I um, got sick and tired, as my wonderful friends in AA say, sick and tired of being sick and tired, that I truly came to a place of just wanting to be. Changing. Um, I came into ACA because uh, I had been in Alatine when I was 12. I was in Alatine. I was in uh, young Al Anon because ACA had not come to the Chicagoland area yet. And then in uh, 1979, I went to my first ACA meeting in Chicago. And everybody there was very angry. And back in those days, we did not have any materials really. They they really hadn't done so well coming over from California at that juncture. And actually there really wasn't a great amount. But anyways, to put that, encapsulate that in a nutshell, I I moved into um into ACA um when I, I married and um I married and moved. Uh, into another uh, town from Howard Heights, Illinois to uh, Mundelein, Illinois, and um, uh, I saw this advertisement in the in the paper paper back in the day uh, that said there was going to be this workshop and uh, talking about adult children, and I thought, wow, um, that's kind of incredible. So um, I will go, and I went. And we had this wonderful workshop and the man said, okay, thanks so much for coming. And okay, bye. And I said, bye. This was so wonderful. What's going to happen? And he said, well, I don't know. And so we ended up, uh, he, he ended up finding a church and saying, okay, we'll start this meeting. And I was part of that meeting from the get-go Um he actually dropped out after a couple of years, and I continued, and that meeting is the Libertyville Monday night meeting of ACA, um, Libertyville, Illinois, and we meet Monday night, 7 to 8.30. And um, I went to that building and never left, and that was, we'll be, third. we just celebrated 35 years, we just had our 35th anniversary. So, in the interim of all of this, what I wanted to do was talk about boundaries. I wanted to talk about reacting and acting uh, in the in the uh, framework of boundaries. And so, I'd like to do that with you, if I may. I am married. Um, tomorrow is my 39th wedding anniversary to uh, a man. Ron, who um, we have definitely had lots of ups and downs, but we have definitely persevered and wanted uh, to to have the best. Um, we focused on God and our and uh, what's best for each other, and uh, f- and got recovery in our own lives. And um, thirty here we are tomorrow, thirty nine years, six children later, and one grandbaby. My kids range in age from twenty one, just turned to uh, 37. And I um, really am grateful as I look in the rear view mirror of my life about my hard work. Um, it brings emotion to me because I am very grateful um, that I didn't give up. I'm very grateful that I learned through this program to make amends. I'm grateful that I learned to ask for forgiveness to look within and be brave enough to see where, where am I using that defensiveness to not, you know, to be blinded and not see really what's happening, uh, in my life. And then, and then have the, the willingness to change, to have a better life for myself. So I'd like to talk about boundaries now. Boundaries is one of the most amazing pieces for me in my life that has brought me freedom and hope and redirection, and a lot of passion. Um, I have learned oh so very well our first step. I am powerless over people, places, and things. But I have learned the powerlessness uh, and what to do about it because I have applied this wonderful concept of boundaries. So to me, boundaries, I think, think of a barrier. That's a boundary. Some are hard to get through, some are not. If there is a gate, one might ask permission to to open it and come through. And and in other ways, there's no way that you're going through that that physical boundary. So they're very evident to see that physical boundary. The ones that are not as easy to, to see and navigate through are the other ones, perhaps, the verbal and nonverbal boundaries the behavioral boundaries emotional or mental boundaries relational boundaries financial boundaries spiritual boundaries my goodness so many boundaries um i did a four step inventory on boundaries and i love the fact that a four step inventory can be focused to one aspect of living, to one aspect. And I love that um, because it is it, so many components to look at how did this, how did boundaries of uh, or the lack of them affect my life. So um, physical boundaries are boundaries to my body or to, to objects. Uh, I remember when my kids were little, I we had a gate that was uh, blocking them from falling down the stairs. That was a really good boundary to have for my children. A Physical boundary was um, saying no to um, to a relationship where uh, the, the sex was was wanted, and I and I did not want it, and saying no to that, having that physical boundary. I'm just wanting to give you some examples of um, how this applied to, to my life. Verbal boundaries or nonverbal boundaries, what's acceptable and what is not. Um, because of the, the alcoholism in my family of origin, my dad, if any of you are um, uh, can go back and remember the Honeymooners show, Jackie Gleason, well, that's what my dad looked like. My dad could have been a, close to a twin to Jackie Gleason in his stature, in his volume of voice, in his authoritative ways of being. That was my dad. And um, he was a uh, powerhouse of a man in a lot of ways. And when my dad would would be angry, when he would be drunk, when he was being that way, that voice, um, hearing it so long for so many years in such a harsh and difficult way, um, really did wound my wound me, my innermost being, my inner kid, my little kid, um, to the point that um, I could be in a store and I could hear somebody screaming or talking loud in an angry way to somebody else not to me. And I could, I would have that same reaction within. And I came to the place that I had to just talk to myself, I I would put my hand on my, on my chest, because that's where I feel would feel my fear. And I would just say, Ellie, everything's okay. You know, you are not in that spot anymore. And I, I learned what to do. I learned sometimes I would just walk away. It gave me power to walk away uh, from that, from that place. If I was, um, if I was being verbally, I'll say accosted to myself, um, just from someone, I remember I'm a retired, uh, just retired two years ago from teaching special education. I love teaching. I, I taught for a long time in and through the years. And um, I had a, a woman that worked uh, under me and with me uh, in my classroom. And she did not like the fact that she was not the, the main teacher. And one day just let me have it. And um, she just all holes barred, just, just yelled at me and said all kinds of things. And what happened in that time is um, I froze. I I didn't even think, To have her leave my classroom, like to say, get out of my classroom. I was so frozen in my feelings about it um, because of everything I had experienced in my uh, childhood and growing up that I didn't even think it. And to me, I thought, my later, I thought, my goodness, I didn't even think to have her get out of the classroom, let alone say it. It's one thing to have the thought and have difficulty projecting it, another to not even have it enter my head. And that really disturbed me. That really disturbed me. That was a blessing, though, in my life. I mean, it caused me such angst, but I turned that and saw the beauty that could come out of those ashes for me. I could see that, Ellie, do you see, to me, myself, I'm saying, honey, do you see how hard this is? And yet how vital this is if you want a life that's full and rich and different, because there's always angry people. And I have my own anger and I have to navigate anger through, you know, through life from all all uh, avenues. Pardon me. So what are you going to do about it? So I took it to my sponsor. We talked about it. I was very new in program at the time. Very new. And, uh that situation helped me to create that boundary moving forward so that when I would be in a situation where there was anger or a possibility of the anger I learned to do things to utilize tools that I didn't have before tools like uh my wonderful friends in AA would say you know I'm I I'm just an ACA and I I I am not a member of AA, but I have many friends in AA, and and my wonderful AA friends taught me long ago, Ellie, halt, don't get too hungry, angry, lonely, tired. That's a great boundary, and I learned that when I was going into a conversation with someone or somebody wanted to have a conversation with me, and there was anger there, I learned much better. And I still don't have this 100%, but it's so much better in my life today. I learned to say, hey, our emotions are really high right now. Let's come back to this. Um, for me, I would pray about it first. Uh, I'm a Christian. I make no qualms about that. That's my story. That's my life. And um, I would take it to God and I would just ask for help with that and then come back to that person. I would try not to make a like get back there before the day ends. But sometimes I would have to go into the next day. But I did learn not to let it go too long before I had to move into that conversation. Um, What I did learn is to start with a respect piece to say what I felt was good about moving into that conversation. For example, I would say, setting up that boundary, I didn't want to have the high emotion. Uh, If it was with my husband, for example, I would say, Ron, I love you very deeply. And this situation is really troubling me. I would really like to talk about it. When When do you feel like you would have some time to talk about it? That was such a good setup of a good boundary, stepping into then um, a difficult, stressful, yet productive uh, conversation. Behavioral boundaries um, happen in my way of being. What is my behavior? I don't know about you, but for me, living in the alcoholic home, I... Had such a survival uh, way of being. It was, um, you know, kind of like get the hell out of Dodge. As soon as I would hear, though, that those glass, that glass flying, those voices raised, the, you know, the beatings from my bro, that my brothers unfortunately endured, whatever was happening, I just, I learned to, to just move away as uh, and and get out of the way i don't know if anybody remembers um lost in space was a was a show from years ago and they would they'd come out of the spaceship and then they they would be doing their thing and then they would need to go back into the spaceship cuz the aliens were coming and they would put up the force field which was clear and they'd say put the force field up get it up get it up and then the force field would go up and they would hope Everybody got in before, you know, the aliens were there. And then they could see the angry, angry aliens, but they were safe in the spaceship. Ooh, they didn't have to worry about it. That's really how I feel. I I I strove to live my life in that boundary just to get out of the way. But it was never productive. It really stayed my fear. It didn't move me through my fear. But as a child, What could I do? Uh, As a small child, what could I do? But as an adult, I did have choices. I could do things and I did did take uh, a hold of those things. One of the pieces that I did that I wanted to share was um, uh, as a special ed teacher, I would collaborate with my other, uh, with the rest of the team. I would have, we would have our, our meetings on our children, uh, on our students. And one day I had a meeting with the team and the um, one of the members of the team, the social worker did not agree with, with my, uh, my plan in this way that I felt would be best for this particular student. And in the meeting she just stood up and, and I thought, Oh, okay. Pay attention now what's happening here. So she stood up and stood over me and I thought, okay, immediately I thought, what is my boundary? My boundary is not to be in this vulnerable space. So I stood up as well. And, um, she started to yell at me. She started to tell me I was wrong, that that's not the what would happen, what should happen with the student. And I, I could, I was very aware of my feelings. I was very aware of how uh, on fire I felt inside, like, oh my goodness, everything was just going, bells were ringing. And I took a deep breath. And I just said, in a very strong, but this, like this volume voice, I said, so-and-so, you may not treat me this way. You could leave. I am, this is how I feel. You do not have to stay in this meeting. If you're going to stay, you're going to change how you're speaking to me because it's not acceptable and I will not have it in our meeting. And everyone in the room, there was like, 10 people in the room and everyone just sat and was quiet. And I, I was shaking inside. I put my hands down at my side. I think I may have had pockets in my pants and I put my hands in there because I was shaking, but I did what I felt I needed to do. And she left and, um, uh, she did not return to the meeting. And then I had to go and talk with the supervisor who was not there that day and blah, blah, blah. But my point is that I stood up for myself. And even though in the process of that boundary, which was you are not going to cross it and treat me this way. That's my boundary. Um, I was shaking. I'm sure my voice was was quivering a little bit, but I was doing it. I was doing it. And I just was so proud of myself afterwards. I left, I took a break, I sat in my office, I paid attention to my body, I breathed in, I breathed out, I put my hand on my chest, I could feel, oh, so nervous, so anxious. And yet it was a good anxious because I I stood up from who, who I was and what I believed in, in that moment for the sake of that child. I want to talk to you about emotional boundaries. So that emotional piece is certainly connected to the story I just shared, but the emotional piece is also the mental piece um, that I will share. I, I had a very dysfunctional relationship with a man that um I thought I was going to marry. I was, uh, it was before I met my husband. He was emotionally abusive and uh, uh, some physical abuse as well. Uh, I was only 18. I did not have any, (laughs) much of any tools at all at that juncture yet. Um, I wanted to have like uh, things go a certain way, but I was aware, you know, our traits are so incredibly great. Uh, I counsel women. I am a lay counselor at our church and I have five women that I tend to their hearts and spend time with them and um, really speak uh, and listen to, to what's happening in their life and hold some space for them. And I have brought in the traits of ACA to all uh, to three of my clients that i see um because i said su- i suppose that they are probably acas as well to some fashion and every one of those clients have checked off so many of the trait lists um i don't know if you know this but the original trait list is 27 traits it was pared down to be only 14 traits. And personally, I feel like it has lost some, some of its strength to, to, uh, to, to couple them together. Um, And so I give my clients the 27 uh, traits that are spelled out a little bit more succinctly. And most have circled most of them, not surprising in dysfunction. And most families do, if not all have dysfunction. It's to the to the extent of what that dysfunction is. So with my boyfriend at the time, that emotional boundary that I had was nothing. I was so aware that I had to build from the ground up. I was aware that the boundaries that I wanted to have that were in my mind, I couldn't forward it into being. And there's the difference. I needed to learn to move it into action Um, He would take my car and then just tell me, I I don't want to drive my car. So we're going to use your car. And he about drove my car into the ground after a few years. And sometimes he would be in an argument and he always drove my car and because I let him uh, because I didn't know any better at the time in strength. I didn't know that I felt it and I felt like, "Yeah, yeah, I don't like this, but I didn't know what I didn't know how to cross that bridge to make that boundary. And um, sometimes we'd get in an argument, and he kicked me out of my car. And um, I didn't like it, but I was so weak in those days, so uneducated uh, with the tools and the, and the support that that came later in my life. Because ACA has grown so much in these years. Also, I want to talk about financial boundaries. Financial boundaries is something I don't ever hear about in an ACA. I don't know if that's true for you, but I don't hear about it. And I think it's important. We have uh, our wonderful promises, which are so incredibly fabulous. And they are true. They do come true. They may take years to come true, but they do come true um, if we work on that. So the financial piece for that, it says in I, I'm not going to remember it exactly, but it it talks about having financial freedom as we progress in ACA. Um, for years of my life, I had I had debt. I uh, my husband and I ran up credit cards. Uh, I was probably twenty five thousand in debt at one juncture of our life. Um, I justified it with having six kids and needing this and that. And and I never, I never really felt like I was an overspender, but I certainly didn't manage my money well. And um, I'm not a shopaholic. I, I don't have those issues, but um, we just did not manage money well. And back in the day, we weren't making as much, you know, in the earlier years of our life. And then it got it got better as we progressed forward. Um, but I hated having that financial debt. I hated it. And I would listen to the promises and I would hear that. And I'd say, God, I want to believe that that's true, that I can be out of this crazy debt. Um, and what I decided to do is to make a boundary make a boundary with a budget which is a it was a boundary for me of a financial piece uh, pieces of of um deciding um you know talking to my husband having those hard conversations, sitting down and looking at the you know what do we spend and sitting down every other week we would sit down and look at our finances and I hated doing it for a long time because, we usually argued even though we sat down to do it. It was a very stressful time in our life for years. I wish I could tell you, it was just this little caveat of time and then everything was wonderful and we just moved forward and no, it was a long time coming. Today, uh, after, after these last years, we are financially free, we don't have debt. Uh, we started to turn things around and save money. And um, currently <laughs> we're putting an addition on all uh, three, three sides of our uh, home that face the, the woods behind us. And I, I'm a gardener. I have lovely flower gardens all over and back into the woods and paths I've created and that kind of thing. And so we're putting this addition on and we have the money to pay for it. And so I say to you with hope, that, and and I'm that that no matter where you are, if you don't start now to create that boundary, you the debt will never leave. And so that at least you know that was true for me. Um, so, and I have such freedom today because I don't have any financial debt. Uh, and I'm retired. my husband's retired. and uh, we are uh, we've worked hard and are in good places today. So I want to talk about um, the spiritual boundary, too. Um, I didn't really know God very well in my life. And um, I didn't really have a grounding. I didn't have a view. I didn't know. Um, And so I had to consider what that was and then come to um, accept, accept certain things and not accept other things. And acceptance or non-acceptance, that's a boundary as well, except the the boundary that I have is is with love. And I think for all of these, for me, if boundaries are put with love in place, it's going to bring me peace. It's going to bring uh, wellness. Um, I think boundaries are also time sensitive. Some are short term and some are long term some boundaries are spoken and ought to be and some are unspoken in some regard you know the the person that's yelling in the store as i said you know that was for me to have stayed there and endured the yelling um even though he wasn't yelling at me it was affecting me as if he was yelling at me if i would have stayed in the store at that juncture um I think I would have I I didn't set the boundary, but me leaving the store because it was affecting how my emotionally how I was. um, That was a boundary. He had absolutely no idea that that was my boundary. I didn't talk to him. Uh, I didn't you know, I I didn't talk to him. I just I left. It was unspoken, but it was in place Um, to walk away without a word. Yet, showing unacceptable behavior that that was unacceptable behavior to me, to myself. Nobody else noticed it. Uh, nobody else was watching me, wondering what I was going to do. Um, but I knew what I was doing, and that was what count. That's what counted to taking taking the action. Boundaries can be very, very good. Uh, they come with planning and intent. Yet they come with care to myself and to others, and with purpose and with thought. Those are what my bound my good boundaries do. You know, raising six children, I had to put forth lots of boundaries with my children. Some were very easy, like putting up the gate so my two year old wouldn't fall down the stairs. Easy, easy boundary, easy boundary. The harder boundaries were when my kids would ask me certain questions. I want to go to this person's house and I don't know that person, or maybe that is not a good home for my child to go to. And I had to set some boundaries of, you know, hey, I've got to be speaking to parents first. You know, you're not going to be at a house where, unless parents are there, my kids are in grammar school at the time. You know, I, I had certain boundaries that my kids knew were in place. And I would say to them, don't come and ask me something unless you bring me the facts. You know, just don't ask me. I want to know the who, what, when, where, and why. Come with those. And then a boundary for me was also my right to say, not just to my children, but to any human being, let me think about that. Um, yeah, that was a That's a boundary for me, that I don't have to answer something right away. I, I have a right to think about something before it goes forward. It, it brings me freedom in my life today to do that. Um, you know, boundaries can be mean and unkind too, that that are set. Uh, they can be kind of a shunning, unkind. I remember I had a neighbor in in a former home that we lived in who didn't like the fact that we did not have lattice under our deck and she didn't like looking under our deck. So the next thing we knew, they put up a six foot fence all down the property and um, uh, that was a boundary, but it was a mean boundary. Uh, It took away some beautiful area that we got to look at beyond their property and now we couldn't see it because she put up the fence. And so um, that was a mean boundary. Um, and i it's not that we wouldn't have put up lattice work. It's just that we didn't have the money at the time. We'd, my husband was out of town. I mean, just factors, factors, you know. Um, healthy boundary, boundaries do bring peace. And the spiteful boundaries bring, bring dissension and ill feelings, disruptions. Misunderstandings, resentments. Um, I I uh, wanted to talk about two unhealthy boundaries. More, um, more move the re- the dysfunction to repeat itself. Uh, when I got brave enough to start creating boundaries in all these different ways relational, verbal, financial, behavioral um physical when i started to set those boundaries in place for myself i began to feel freedom and peace in my life our first step was not so much an issue with me anymore because i was feeling manageable i was feeling that i had a grip on my life that i had control over the things that i could have control over and ought to have had control over i began to speak brave and find a voice so many of us don't find our voice. It is so important to find our voice, to speak it. You remember the little mermaid and how Ariel lost her voice and it was in, you know, the, the wicked queen, whatever, in her, in the necklace, you know, and then finally it pops, it breaks and she, she gets her voice back and the power of getting the voice and how everything turned out. And But things turn out when we have our voice. It's a beautiful thing. And having a voice with power, but it doesn't have to be abusive. When I use my voice, I'm not yelling. I'm conscious of being kind, respectful, but I speak speak my voice. Being brave to speak it and to find it and to have a voice is so important in my recovery. The more I can utilize my voice to affirm others, to speak truth, to express my love, it's a beautiful thing. And to express what, what I need differently. Um, the uh, Let me see, a couple more things. I know I'm coming down to my time. Um, relationally speaking seeking what is true in relationships for me is really important I have to ask myself does this person have my best interests at heart I raised our children we raised our children ranging our six kids are from 21 up to 37 three girls three boys and one little grandbaby who's almost two um I we taught our kids to um, to ask that themselves that question in relationships. Does that person have your best interests at heart? Ask yourself that. Um, and, and they would do it. Um, are they dissing you? Are they bullying you? Are are they putting you down? You know, put downs are really crappy. A put down does not show love and respect. A put down really uh, separates one from another. Um, I don't have drama in my relationships today. I, I sponsor a woman who years, <laughs> years ago, she said to me, Ellie, don't you have drama in your relationships at all? I said, no, I don't. She said, you don't? I said, no, I don't. And um, she she said, I can't I, I can't even see that right now because I have drama in so many of my relationships. It's crazy. And so this is a question I forwarded to her. When you are with that person, ask yourself, do they have your best interests at heart? How are they treating you? How are you treating them? Um, these are good questions to ask ourselves and they help set a boundary investigating even when it is hard, you know, looking deeper within the situation into that relationship. I had a best friend I thought was my best friend when I was growing up for so many years. I thought she was my best friend until I really started to assess the woundedness that was coming at me so often and how she would speak to me and the boyfriend that she would she would take away from me, you know, quote, unquote, um, just so many things. And finally, letting go of her was so painful. Um, I was 15, 16, uh, wanted to have that boyfriend, but here she is taking the boy, whatever was happening. Um, And so I, I, for me, boundaries is releasing relationships. Also, a boundary is saying, you know what, I have tried it's not going to go any further. And so we have to, we just have to part ways. Uh, the mental piece of this rent free space in my head that's what happens if I don't have a boundary with somebody. I give them rent free space in my head. That's what Alanon taught me years ago. And I don't want that. I have enough stuff in my head. I don't need to have stuff about that other person in my head um because it gives them power i don't want them to have power over me i want to have my power five Um, minutes thank you uh the verbal i want to just share a little bit about the verbal piece saying yes or no that's a boundary to be uh, to be unwavering when i really want to say that yes or that no you know i do a lot in my life volunteering you know i i I um, I teach part-time, uh, even though I'm a retired school teacher, I have students that come to my home for tutoring. And um, I, I work in my garden, I'm with my, I have my six kids, I have my husband, I could go on and on and on. And there are times that somebody would say to me, Ellie, oh, you would be so good doing this or that. Well, I would, well, thank you. But um, right now my plate is full enough. And I'm not saying yes to anything else. Boy, does that feel good! That's a boundary. It may be something that will be wonderful in the future. Maybe I will will want to do that thing in the future. But today, I have enough. But thank you. And I don't have to be, you know, I don't have to be, you know, so arrogant about it in my saying no. I just say thank you. Um, that is a, it's a compliment that somebody wants to um, have me do something. And finally, um, I would say,, um, boy, I did speak about that too but. Oh, you guys,'m I'm, I'm grateful. I'm I'm gonna stop on speaking on the boundaries and just just forward hope. I really hope that when we close out this evening, that you will feel hope, that you will feel that no matter what your dreams are, no matter what you are aspiring to, that you have the strength to do it with the support. Look at us. There are 69 people on this call right now. Um, there is so much hope in, in in through God, in this program, through the steps, through the traits. And I just want to say, uh, keep pushing on. One thing I never say is when somebody says to me, oh, Ellie, how you doing? I never say hanging in there. I never say that because I don't ever want to hang in there. I will probably fall if I'm just hanging. I want to be grounded. I don't want my feet hanging. I want my feet to be grounded, grounded firmly in where I'm standing. And um, so I say something different. Um, I don't say hanging in there. I want my life to be purposeful. And I—I I, this is my view every day, purposeful and intentional. And not to be busy, because anybody can be busy. Busy can get me nowhere at the end of the day. But when I am purposeful and intentional, that, that's changed my life. Um, so thank you very much for listening to me. It is an honor and a privilege to speak to you all again. Thank you.